All right, I am here with the man, the myth, the legend, the creator of some of the most amazing shooting support gear in the country, along with the the dreamer and creator of the AG Cup, Mr. Tom Fuller. All right, we're going to start off the lightning round. What's your dream hunt? Uh, it's going to be next year, Yukon Moose float on the river, Yukon Moose hunt. Okay, Yukon Moose hunt. Longest shot with a confirmed impact? One mile. One mile. Years in the PRS? Uh, 2009, I started shooting. When the PRS started. Okay. Uh, you know, so this was pre-PRS. I was shooting the sniper high cups and stuff. So. Okay. So, OG. Yeah. Like what, okay, so what's your PRS number? Uh, three something. Okay. Okay. 374, Mat I think. But I didn't buy the PRS number till late that year or something. But right. Yeah. Match you want to attend that you haven't yet? Uh, the one in Utah at Price, Utah. The Alpha Munitions guys put it on. Okay. It just, uh, Utah's a cool place, and I just want to go to somewhere cool. Person you want to squad with? Oh. You know what? Uh, he doesn't shoot anymore, but if he did shoot one, I'd love to shoot with Terry Cross. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that'd be fun to shoot with. Or it, Jacob Bynum if he actually shot again. Ooh, that's yeah. another good one. Yeah, that'd be fun. That's another good one. Yeah. So... You started shooting sniper hide cups and stuff in 2009. So how did you get into shooting that? Uh, so I was shooting three gun. Okay. Um, and I got a job when I retired from the Army. I got a job at Bushnell. So okay. the Bushnell, you remember when the HDMR kind of was a big hit mm -hmm. and stuff. I, I actually had the opportunity to go to Japan and design that scope. And oh, wow. Yeah, it was kind of fun and all the Bushnell tactical stuff, which was the number one scope in the PRS then. Right. You know, it was like everybody was running them back then. It was crazy, and uh, it was a good scope. Still is a good scope. You know, just not a lot of emphasis on it from Bushnell anymore, but they're still awesome scopes. Uh, and because I was working for them and we were making long-range scopes because that my job was military sales, and that's what the military was looking at, new scopes. And we did have a lot of success in the military with those and range finders and spotting scopes. Um, um, I was like, I'm going to run these instead of shooting three gun. I started shooting that. 2009 December, went to rifles only, shot sniper side cup, and okay. that was fun. And did pretty good and started shooting them. And okay. it was fun. And I just got into it, just like everybody else. You see, there you go. Um, so you are the man, the myth, the legend behind Armageddon Gear. You started shooting these matches and saw that, you know, everybody was just using a, a gym sock with sand in it, a sandbag. Like, where did the idea for Armageddon gear? Okay, so, again, I was working for Bushnell, and we had 13 brands at the time. So, we had – I sold everything from rangefinders to spotting scopes to, to scopes, uh, Hoppy's gun cleaning, Impro 7 gun cleaning, if you remember that. And uh, – I mean, they owned a couple soft good brands too, Bollet Eyewear, I mean, everything. So when it came to uh, every military contractor, buyer, everything, they were like, I would get calls, hey, we need to buy some of this, we need to buy some of that. Chances are, under the Bushnell umbrella, we had a brand that carried that. And I was getting calls constantly, look, we need a Barry compliant, which is made in USA, Yep. Uh, pouch, gun case, bag, whatever. And I'm like, oh, we don't, we, ours isn't very compliant, so we can't really do that. And I was getting that all the time, even the simple slings. And then I got looking at the market, and there were some of these old legacy brands like Eagle and Black Hawk and things like that that had sold out because during the around 2009, 10, 11, 12, the like Freedom Group and uh, ATK, they, they just, these huge conglomerates started buying up all these outdoor 
tactical gear stuff. And then they were like, hey, here's a great company, and we can buy it, move the over to China, move it to China, cut our costs in half, put it in our distribution model, increase distribution double, and we just took a you know five million dollar company and turned it into a fifteen million dollar company overnight by cutting costs and increasing distribution. Well, what the side well, effect was is yeah, you couldn't sell it to the military or yep. government any longer. Uh, you know, it, it through most contracting venues that they use to purchase, therefore. Uh, there was a there was a like giant contractors hole. like we need to buy this and I've always kind of been entrepreneurially minded and kind of wanted to do my own thing and I'm like oh man there's a there's a market for this and so I had a couple ideas of some slings when I was in the Ranger Battalions we had sewing machines in the in the companies and and guys mm-hmm. were making their own slings and stuff because it really wasn't much back then no right. parade sling you know and uh, guys made their own slings and they were pretty. Cool. They made their own kit. Like yeah. I remember some of the 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 older guys talking. They're like, "Oh yeah, we didn't have this." So like, I got my stuff, or I went down to the army surplus store, bought something, and then modified it to work for what exactly. And some guys came up with some sling ideas, and I remembered some of that and had some left over, and and it was like this would be a cool sling. So uh, got with uh, uh, Tony Burks at Tab Gear and said, "Man, can you yep. make some of these slings for me? I think these are good." And he made like 500. I had them in my garage. Put Armageddon Gear labels on them. Started selling them on the website, and then uh, just was like, "I'm going all in." And I did, and bought some sewing machines, and started going to the the government contractors and stuff. And was like, "Hey, you you guys said you wanted something like this. You, yeah, we still need something like this." We designed it, sent it to them, and they're like, "Oh man, this is great. We need six thousand." And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, we can do that. And I had no idea how I was going to do that. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, just brute strength and ignorance. Uh, you know, I had some background in sales and marketing at that point, but manufacturing processes, none at all. Hired some people that did as we're growing. And next thing you know, it just started growing. And at the same time, the PRS and long range shooting got big. And I was doing it. And it was like, man, this is growing and growing and growing. Uh, you know, started making just a normal rear bag, a precision rifle sling, uh, carbine slings, just stuff for guns in general. And but the the money just kind of went to this long range shooting stuff. So we're like, what can we do to make it better? You know, and and as I because I was a part of it, guys would come up to you all the time. It's like, yeah, if we had something like this, and I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's make it. Yeah, let's make it. And I mean, the guys from Utah or Utah Air Guns are here, and you, you've. You've yep. broken into that market. Dude, right? and it's great. We're going to do a line for them, and uh, and they have some great ideas. And, man, if you don't know, if your listeners don't know, maybe they do. You may have, but That's air rifle market, man. These air rifles are amazing. I've gotten two of them already just because they're so badass. I've got, like, a 45 cal I can shoot pigs with, and I've got a, a 25 cal that's, like, you can just plink and have a great time. They're amazingly accurate. Ammo is Dirt cheap. Dirt cheap. I mean, you can buy 2,000 yeah. rounds for the six-pack of beer money, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, and uh, the accuracy of things is crazy. And the range, people doesn't even believe how far they – I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. And, uh, and this is growing. I had no idea. Right. And I went out to Utah, watched one of their events and matches, and saw how – these are passionate dudes that that this mm-hmm. is that, that spend a lot of money on their gear and they're underserved. No one's building them gear specific to their sport. So I'm like, we're going to get into this. So we're going to make an Airmageddon gear awesome. line for these guys, and they're helping me design the products because they know it better than me. And, right, and that's basically Absolutely. how you do it all. So, so where did Air, where did how did you come up with the name Armageddon Gear? Well, I, when I I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I had the idea to to make some stuff, and I I'm. Uh, 
I don't know if you would call me a prepper. I think maybe I was at one time would have considered myself that. But I grew up. Uh, we kept bees. We we killed our own pigs. We killed our own chickens. We killed our own. We we grew everything. We canned everything, and I still like to do that. Right. Still can vegetables. Grow gardens. Save my seeds from year to year, and I know all that. And I was like. And, the, and everybody was the prepper Y2K after yep. that. Everybody's like, we need to be prepared for something coming around the bin. And and I just kind of am into all that stuff and have been doing it since I was a kid. And I, I, a hobby of mine is plants in the woods that are nutritious or medicinal. And it's it just for fun. But I'm like, man, nobody – I wanted to be a, a like a website for everything survival and therefore, the Armageddon gear name okay. came out. So, in an Armageddon situation, we will sell you seeds, bullets, uh, canning, you know, everything. But as the PR started growing and we kind of had a foothold there, we just kind of grew with it and right. followed the money. And that's where it was at the time. And, and it's a niche, but it's, it's a real good niche. It's a good niche. And uh, so, the Armageddon gear was... I was going to sell everything from beehives to, you know, <laughs> caning jars, but that never happened. But anyway, stuck, kept the name because it was already there. Yeah. So, okay. So is it safe to say that you're somewhat of a dreamer? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're at the fourth the fourth venue, the fourth annual. Con- I, I pray that this keeps going because it's so much fun. But we are at the Armageddon Gear Cup. How did this? How did this start? Where did this start? I've talked about it on the podcast before because you started it, but I've been at every one. And yep. is if you know hell or high water, minus deployment or, or family emergency, I plan on being here. But like, how did it start? Yeah, and thanks where, for thanks where, for being here, guy. Too, that's your from the beginning. You're there, man, just helping out and and RO and and you're still here and you're you know it as good as I do, but. Uh, you know, Armageddon Gear is a, a, a well-known brand in the long-range shooting, and up to that time, we had never had a title sponsor of a match. And match director's like, dude, Armageddon Gear needs a title sponsor of a match. And I'm like, yeah, we do. And I kept thinking about it. I was like, but I don't want to just throw my name on a match. I, I want it to have our personality of Armageddon Gear. I want it to be different. And, it, and it's a personality. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and I want it to be different and, and, and better and, and over the top and just like kind of like we do things. And uh, – and I just had this idea, and and I just threw it around in my head a while, and I finally I was like, I talked to John Scout about it quite a bit with Shooting USA, and I'm like, dude, I'm going to do it. We're going to give away a lot of money. And I think that year we gave away fifty thousand dollars, forty thousand dollars. It was it was and, a and, lot, and of we money. gave away twenty thousand dollars in cash. The the cup was full of cash. Yes, and it was uh it was uh, anyway. It just kind of like oh my gosh, and you know. For this sport, that's a lot of money. Now we're giving away, we've given away, we're giving away eighty thousand dollars. Wait, seventy seventy thousand, yeah, right? 70. At seventy thousand, and we've already given away sixty thousand through the series. So I just wanted to be different, and we actually did it different at first. But this way is better for the sport in general. It, yeah, it, you know, gets more participation, is aspirational. Yeah, where when we first did it, we just through stats and data figured the best shooters. And just sent them invitations. Yeah, and you invited some people, and some people showed up, and some people didn't show up. Right. And and or had work conflicts, or couldn't get mm-hmm. the time, or, or or whatever it was. I mean, yep. you got you guys made a really big deal out of it, um, and it was a big deal. I mean, yeah, uh, 40k in a in a cup or 20k in a cup that you guys gave to Jake Vibbert. Like it was it was intense. It was, and uh, 
And, you know, I try to recapture that feel here. And it, 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 although it's different, it's more professional. Yes. It's, it's a lot more polished because of Shannon and Julie and the K&M facility. And, there, as you know, there's no better facility. There's no better match director in the world than Shannon when it comes to putting together a course of fires where I was just struggling along doing it all myself. Oh, man. And, like, and, and spending, you know, weeks out there pounding steaks and picking some literally by myself hanging targets. And then go back and look at him. It's like crap. I can't see that target from here. You know. I mean, I will. I will say this. After seeing it go for the last four years, I will definitely say you are definitely more relaxed. The last two years, it's been here. I wouldn't say like you're relaxed. Like ah, whatever. But like having somebody else do the course fire, you're the the name, the face, the 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 voice of the AG Cup. I think you've been. I think it. Not yeah, that it, I would agree. Not would that agree. it wouldn't like it didn't flow right, but like yep. you're way more relaxed. You're way you're able to engage with the shooters. And I mean, if this was still, if you were still doing this by yourself, we wouldn't be sitting down right now. You'd no. be running around doing and and, and, and you know what? Stuff. And it's all the people. It, it's Christy. It's Julie. Yep. It's Shannon. It's Brandon. It's all the ROs that show up and help out. Like yep. everybody's. I mean, pe- random people are just carrying food to the table right now. Like, yep. it, it everybody's was, thrown in. And it was not like this. No, no. <laughs> and, and it wasn't because my first match I ever ran was the AG Cup. Are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> the first course of fires were done, the first match, I decided to run this media that was around it and, and all this stuff. And, uh, it, it, yeah, it was – yeah, I bit it off and I made it happen. But, dude, I, I, I'm saying I was good at it. But we did it. And now it's You, you pulled it off. It's, yeah, and it's professional. I'm a big idea, dude. And you know that about me. I'm yeah. a, I have great ideas. Well, okay, I have big ideas. Some great, some not so great. <laughs> and I, and when I really think this one's good enough, I'm going to make it work, and then I'm going to try to find people to help me make it better. Right. And and keep it going, and let's do it better. And the idea's now going, and it's still going, and I'm still here. And you're right, I'm giving out checks, and I'm, you know, you know but, you know, because it was a good idea, other people come in. So let's help him out with this because he mm-hmm. it's a good idea, but he's struggling keeping it going. And and I'm glad they have because it's just it's not what I'm good at. I'm not a details guy, man. Big picture. And let's, let's keep it going. So There you go. Well, looks like we're getting started. Is there anything you want to touch on on the AG Cup? Like, you, you know, no other than, uh, I mean, I encourage you. Well, one thing, the scoring this year, the live scoring. Oh, my my God. So, look, if you guys go to ultimateballistics.com, events or whatever, AG Cup, it'll say AG Cup Live. As the RO taps the button, enter score, it updates on the website. You can see it at home. That's a huge improvement. Uh, And, you know, just that engages people watching. I mean, they Uh, brought people, like – they drove from Canada to come here to make sure that this all ran smoothly. I don't know if it was Brandon's brainchild to bring this on or how all that happened. Uh, he's uh, done a great job with the live, he the, has. the live, air quotes scoring he's had over the last cup two years right. here. I mean, it's worked. Everybody's been able to see stuff. It's been great. But like this ultimate ballistic stuff is just crazy. It's, I'm going to try crazy. and snag them. And, and and there's some really cool data we're going to get out of this out oh. of the match because of the way it, it tracks. So yeah, it's it's great. It's it's awesome. And that that's the coolest thing this year, I think. You know. And uh, but otherwise, yeah, it's just it's as good as it's been. It's better in some ways than it's been. And it's just 
it, you know, it's going to keep going. We're going to keep doing it. And, awesome. uh, and we're going to do some we're, – we're probably going to do some other things in the future too, match-related, that's okay. not quite like the AG Cup, but it's going to be just as fun and just as different. Okay. So Now, there's one thing I want to ask you, and it's I want to be able to come up to, to AG. I'll schedule it with whoever your office manager, Missy, is um, that runs your daily schedule. But I want to do a separate podcast just about you, about the whole entrepreneurship and the post-military thing. Because I do have some mili- military dudes and some shooter guys, but, like, you've successfully made that transition. Yeah. Right? We all know that the hardest part of being in the military is when you get out. Loss of identity, loss of purpose. Yep. You know, it's a big deal. It, suicide's a huge thing right now. Mm-hmm. You're one of the guys that is, has been successful in it. Mm-hmm. So I want to have a podcast like that. I already talked to Bill Vallejo. We're going to do that. We're going to do a podcast with him. I'm trying to find the guys that are out there doing their entrepreneur thing, post-military, and being successful. You're one of them. You're, like, on the top of my list. Okay, I'd love to do. I want to. I want to come out to AG and and one get a tour because yep. I got to see. I got to see. I, the I AG can't believe girls. you've not been there. I I've really never been there. Thought you have. Nope. Right, well, you need to come. We'll come out there. Um, appreciate it. Dinner's being served. Let's get some food. Let's listen to some music, and we'll get this. Uh, we'll get this thing going. You got it, man. Thanks, awesome. guy. Appreciate you. All right, we're back. End of the match. Sitting down here with. The match director, Mr. Shannon Kay, owner of KM. How how was the match overall? So uh, match overall, obviously uh, very ecstatic. I think the shooters are too. Um, with how it played out, a little rain on on Saturday made the conditions a little, little difficult, but overall conditions were probably as ideal as you could get. Um, very little win, um, very small targets, perfect light. Um, so the scores are going to be high. So n- knowing that coming in, set the course because we saw that coming, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at least a week out. So modify the course fire um, to the point you're almost getting not on all the targets, but a lot of the targets are. Man, if I go much smaller, we're getting statistics. What does that mean to to your average listener, right? right? Uh, what what it means is. You could get to a point where it's so small that you're not rewarding the most consistent shooters, whether it's half a tenth off their zero, uh, some standard deviation, uh, light, uh, all, the, all the variables kind of stacking against the shooters. And really what you want to test is like, hey, how they execute in the stage mm-hmm. and are they fundamentally sound and are they consistent over, you know, 300-plus uh, rounds. Um, so you do that and you design the course of fire to let all that weight on them and affect them over time. And you saw that for a lot of the shooters. Yes. We didn't see that for a couple <laughs> of shooters because a couple of shooters absolutely just took the course of fire and chewed it up. And when that happens, you know, and a lot of the you – know, we're all friends here. We all know each other. You know, we joke. They're like, oh, man, someone cleaned it. I'm like, well, dude, you know what? Hats off to you. Let me shake your hand. Um, you got on fire. And, and obviously, you know, Ben did that. Ben yep. just, um, just incredible shooting. Uh, you had multiple PRS two-day winners, you know, in the 80s, low 80s on the course fire. You had, um, you know, gold bullet winners. You have had uh, AG Cup winners not even make the cut right. in a similar course fire. So to see that, it, it, it just goes to show you how our sport's evolving, probably very similar to golf in the sense that these shooters are shooting so well it's really, it's not who's the best, it's who's the best that day. Right. And that's why the series and, 
and all these different opportunities for all these shooters, uh, you know, playing it as a PRS director, that's what I'm looking at. I'm like, hey, do we have it right? I think we do. Um, you know, you look at Jason Green's performance. Like, are you kidding me, man? If it wasn't for Ben, I mean, the guy was on fire. He was shooting, what, 95, 96%? Um, and then the other guys were kind of where we expected in, those, right. in, the, in the low 90s to in the 80s. Um, and so when that happens, it's not a, you know, my take is not a sport issue. It's, it's a combination of, or a course fire design issue. It's more of a like, hey, man, sometimes guys just are on fire. Yeah. And for a guy to have that much pressure with all this on the line and a shooter clean, I mean, he knew everyone was looking behind him. The weight on behind oh, yeah. him when we were shooting and you were RO, and, I mean, um, was phenomenal. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. Oh, absolutely. And, and the credit to him. Is it going to get more challenging for mass directors? Yeah. You know, what does that look like if you care, right? Right. What does that look like is like, hey, we really got to study the conditions. We got to study our target size, our part-times, um, and we have to get that right. But this match is kind of easy. We have the top 40 dudes, top 50 dudes in the country, um, which really makes it hard. Is like, hey, I might have 20 of these guys here at the K&M match, yep. but then I have another 100 and you know, 50 guys that are at different levels. How do you right. balance those two out? You got um, the brand-new shooter versus Oh, yeah. I mean, you, like you, yeah, you put your, you know, your average shooter on something like this, and they might not, they might get turned off on the sport. Um, so um, that's a challenge for the match directors. You know, multiple targetry, big, smalls. You know, it's a little bit. So everything's a balance. Um, at the same time, I think a lot of people, uh, I mean, heck, this weekend, I think the Texas Precision match was – was cleaned by somebody, um, and everybody like, "Oh my gosh, it must have been a meatball." I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. I didn't look at it, but um, you know, we're probably one of the few sports that like frowns upon people doing well. Like okay. guys, like think about it. Like every other sport is like, "Hey, I got a twenty x, and you know, whatever, you know, or I got a 20, 20 points for twenty on string, and I got a sixteen x." All right, good shooting. Um, we're like, "Oh man, they didn't, they busted ninety percent." Like, okay, well. Guys, that's how good people are. The level of parity increases every year. And so it makes match directors across the country's job harder. But they also have to balance at the bottom of the pyramid, as I call it. Their mm -hmm. base of shooters. They need to make it challenging for them. And they got to make it challenging for the top guy. And so um, it's just a lesson learned for all of us. And it's uh, actually, it's not really a lesson learned for the course fire. I would do nothing different. Right. Maybe next year, you know, if the conditions are the same, I'm like, gosh, man, they really tore it up. Um but when you say they tore it up, well, two tore it up. Yeah. Everyone else kind of, you know, was feeling like, you know, a little, little gut punched. I mean, there was, there was shooters that, you know, somebody's got to come in last, right? Over two days, they got 200 shots in two days, and they were like at 90, so they got like yeah, less, I mean, less yeah, than I mean, half or. I think a lot of that is is all the different um, pressures kind of getting stacked. Right. Um, they see that they're falling behind. They want to remain competitive. Uh, very common, even for the, the top pros, to push too hard. And then it's a downward spiral. Or and in some cases, it might be like, okay, hey, I'm out. I'm hedging my bets. The dynamic of the AG Cup, right? Right. Hey, I'm just going to try to get some stage, stage wins. wins. Yeah. Because we're giving, um, we, I say we, but the AG Cup is giving out $1,000. Sure. Yeah. For whoever shoots it with the most impacts in the fastest time. Right. So you have those dynamics, which is different than our standard PRS match, right? Right. Um, or most matches out there. Um, 
and so they're my hedging their bets. But if you look as you look at the statistics, those guys that kind of go, you know, balls to the walls, if you will, they typically don't end up getting it. Exactly. It is the guys that suit consistently, smoothly, and cleanly end up kind of winning most, not all, but most of the stage wins, and they place the highest. Right. Um, and it, show, it kind of shows you something about a sport. It's not speed, it's hits. Trained to fundamentals, trained to marksmanship, trained to hits, the speed will come. For these guys, the speed's there. Right. right? So, yeah. Because, I mean, Pete, Ben cleaned a stage yesterday. It was, what, the 745, 10-target TYL in the back. And he shot that thing clean in 39 or seconds or something like that. Yeah, and that's, I think most, maybe your listeners, most shooters, even the PRS, I'd say 90% of them might not fully understand it until you compete at the highest levels. When someone is on and just gets what we call getting on fire, there's not a whole lot people could do. Um, and, and Ben did that this weekend, and, and credit to him. He, I, I've seen Ben struggle. I've shot mm-hmm. against Ben. I beat him. He's beaten me. Um, and, and a lot of people can say the same. And all these guys are capable of doing what Ben did. He did it when it mattered most. Yep. And that's why he's the AG Cup champion. So hats off to him. Um, the fact that he cleaned the fact that he cleaned a course of fire, it was difficult. Um, that a lot of shooters struggle with. Um, regardless of how good the conditions were or favorable to the shooter, let's say. Um, man. It, it doesn't matter because, like, look, Jason Green, man, or Jeff Curie, like, dude, they shot above 90%. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 I feel sorry for them. Congratulate them. But I feel sorry for them in the sense that they shot excellent matches. But, like, Ben just shot, like, a, a, a match of a lifetime that might not ever be replicated. And he's going to be the AG Cup champion. He deserves every bit of it. Absolutely. You know? And it's, it's just great to see him be a part of. So, with the AG Cup is um, – like for the format, like you shoot and you qualify over the year, just like you get to nationals, but they're at the same two-day matches. Um, they're scattered out. There's like 11 throughout the year, so you're paying a little extra. It all goes to the pot, and at the end, we're giving away seventy-five thousand dollars to all these competitors over three days. Yeah. So, yeah. So b- big picture, if you look at it, so these guys pay. Um, you know, seven fifty into the pot beginning of the year. Say, hey guys, I'm com- I'm committing. I want to be part of the series, mm-hmm. which means, at a minimum, if I want to be invited to this match, I have to shoot three of those nine to eleven AG Cup qualifiers. Just shoot them, right? Which is an extra, <coughs> excuse me, an extra two fifty uh, into the pot, and another seven fifty um, to to uh, into the pot, and then. Tom works with all the sponsors to get the other. So, you know, to basically build this pot, make it sustainable. Um, so for some people, it's like, ah, you know, it's not for me. But other people are like, hey, I'll hedge my bets. And they're hedging their bets because they're like, I want to rub elbows with those guys. I might not be there yet, but, man, I want to go shoot against these guys. Um, because if I shoot against them, yes, I expect to not. I'm not going to win it. But I'm going to learn so much just rubbing elbows with them. Oh, absolutely. And so you saw, you saw a handful of guys do that this year. And then those are the guys in three, two, next year, whatever, that are going to keep getting better, and people are going to start looking over their shoulder at them, right? Yep. Might dismiss them this year, but next year you're like, whoa, man, he's, he's doing pretty good. It takes a couple wins. It, it, that's why, you know, when you get a guy that wins a PRS two-day match, which I don't think there's been very many, maybe 30, 35 different people over the past 10 years, 
And then you get ones that have won two. That probably reduces it to half that. Um, it is pretty, you know, pretty significant. And then you start getting people like you look at Cole Hickenbottom or, or Jeff Geary. Jeff had a great year. He's, he, I think he won three purest matches. He won. He went into the, the finale with a 300. He won the Southeast finale. Like, he took third here. Like, he's been on fire. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's been shooting good. And even Cole. Cole's never – he didn't, hasn't won any two-day mm-hmm. matches. He's close. Won a bunch of one days. Um Look where he finished. Yep. I mean, he's playing. Yep, he's here. He's he's been through our training. He's uh, a southeast guy. He's familiar with it. But they can't shoot all these ranges. They don't know this course so far. Um, and he's done well. So people now now he's on people's radar. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And so is, and obviously Jeff has been for probably a little bit longer. So there's all these, and then there's there's a bunch of others. Um, so as the shooters watch that, they pay. They might not talk about it. Um, it matters. Um, and then there's guys that will surprise you that no one knows about. There's a bunch of guys here that aren't going to really be on people's radar that actually shot pretty good, just didn't make the cut. I mean, what was the cut number yesterday? 17. We took in 17 shooters today. I don't know what the exact the, the number percentage was. percentage was super, super high. high. So these guys that are feeling dejected and like hammered, it's not, they didn't really shoot that bad. Right. Yeah, the course of fire is tougher, no, no, no doubt. But, man, like the level of parity in the field is incredible. And so those guys left dejected. Sure, it happens every AG Cup, every finale, every match, right? Um, but all that does is provide them motivation. It's the guys that are the, the guys that need to worry. The guys that are here, mm-hmm. and they go, "Man, I feel pretty good. I finished six. Okay, good." No, no, no. It's a dude that didn't make the cut by like one point or half a point, and he's already back home training. Those are the dudes are going to get him next year, oh, and yeah, that's what's cool about sure. the sport. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Anything you, uh, anything else you want to throw out? Like anything special? Um, coming in the next year for the PRS or what you guys are, are looking forward to for K&M as far as training here? Anything on the horizon? You know, I mean, guys, obviously, if it, guys, if you want to train at, 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 you know, what we consider the best facility with the best instructors, I mean, you know, one of my instructors was shooting. Obviously, I was running the match. Um, you know, Cole is, is going to be in our team. He's going to be instructor next year. He, he finished what? What did Cole finish? Third? No, fifth, sixth. Um, you know, <coughs> excuse me, consider it. Um, PRS-wise, guys, we got so much momentum. Everything's going good. Um, those that are listening to the podcast, guys, I don't care what you do, where you go. Just go shoot a match somewhere. Um, get, get to know the people. Everything else will fall into line. Um, and then if you want to be part of the AG Cup, do it. Uh, for you personally, coming all the way up here in RO and in supporting these shooters, you know, props out to you, you know, running the cast. And then obviously – you know, RO and, and helping out, which you've done for us a bunch. So I, I just appreciate it, man, and, and look forward to seeing everyone on the line. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Let's get some grub and, and hand out some money, I guess. Yeah, man. All awesome. Right. Yep. All right, folks, we're back. The awards and trophies have been handed out, and I am currently sitting down with Jeff Gary. You got it right. I know. I've been practicing a lot. Well done. Everybody, because we've been working with the Shooting USA guys, and they're like, Who's that? And I'm like, that's Jeff Gary. They're like, that's that's not what I have written that's down. That's not what was, it says. I'm like, no, it's 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 Gary. Trust me. I figure I was like, I'll just if, if I keep doing good and winning, maybe eventually people will get it right. Eventually, yeah. So the day obviously ended pretty well for you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It was kind of a nail biter down on that last stage. 
I was ROing a separate stage, but I was counting your impacts and my guys' impacts at the same time. Okay. And I did that a few times because it was interesting to see who was finishing where. But you went into your last stage needing nine shots to tie for third and ten shots to secure third. To secure it, okay. Right? If you would have gotten nine shots on that 12-round stage, it would have had – third place would have had to gone to yeah, a shoot-off. Yeah, we would have had to do off. a shoot-off then. Um, with uh, – Chris. Chris uh, – Catalic. Yeah. I always have to stop and I say, make my I brain. say metallic and then just put in a K. Exactly. So I'm like, Chris Catalic yeah. was sitting there. Um, if you got nine shots, you guys would have tied, had to shoot off a third. And then if you got ten, you secured it. And you went in there and you cleaned your last stage of the day. What was going through your head going into that stage? I felt really good going into that stage. Um Starting out today, I guess, yeah, backing up a little bit. I, I just didn't start day one, day two, or day three very well. I, it's something I'm going to have to work on, but I just was a little shaky starting. But usually by stage four or five, I, I kind of got it going, and I really felt good after stage probably three today. So stage four was great, five. Good. So going in there, I actually felt I was like, I, I got this. I mean, not okay. to sound too cockier area but I felt really good watching being last on that stage watching not that we could watch on glass but just I had a real good sense of what the wind was doing there those targets were fairly generous four positions of, of three that it just that suits my type of shooting pretty well so okay. but but still you got to hit them so getting down in that first position as soon as I ran ran them the first three and, and hit all three of those I, I felt real good I was gonna at least I mean, if not clean it, get enough to secure third. Okay. And uh, do you think you were winded on the start or shaky on the start today because you had to push I'll your push buggy, buggy all the way up the hill? <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't been here to K&M, we started on the back, on the uh, the back range, 1,000 uh, yard, and um, Shannon has put in a new hill. Uh, he built another hill out here, and like a 500 foot hill. Yeah, from the bo- oh, from the geez. bottom of the little creek that you come through all the way to the top, probably 500 feet, and it is it is up the whole way. And you pushed your 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 jogging stroller with yes, all your gear, my little baby all, stroller, all the way up there. Yeah, um, you started. It was cold this morning. You started peeling letter, uh, layers off because you were all sweaty. Yeah, and I was sweating by the time I got all up, there. Back up there. Yeah, I mean that was that was an absolute workout. That's a good. I didn't think about it at the time, but it's possible. I felt we had enough time with that little fog delay. Yep. That uh, I, I can't blame it on that, but uh, but that definitely was a tactical error. Had we started when we were supposed to, yeah, I was. It could have been a lot not, rougher. It could have been a lot rougher, definitely. And then, I, plus, I was the first shooter on the first stage. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That – that I wouldn't have wanted to do it. No. Um, Thankfully, yeah, when we went to the urban range, which is mostly downhill, you had to go up the one big hill there at the start. But then – but still a long ways. Yeah, it was pretty I, – I dumped most of the gear off into the, you know, the cart. And then, uh, yeah, I had a very light load to push at that point in time. Um, and left early enough to give myself enough time to, to kind of relax. Relax and cool out a little bit. And cool out, and that, that definitely helped. Okay, so what was your favorite stage of the, of the weekend? Because we shot 30 stages, 
Okay, let me rephrase. You shot 30 stages, over 300 rounds. Yep. What was your favorite? I, my favorite, just the way it played out with the ultimate ballistics, the scoring system and everything, right. the, the end of, of day two yesterday where I was, was kind of on the bubble, I was, I was struggling, and, and I needed to clean the final stage, which was, I guess, stage 20. It was the tires, and it was mm -hmm. just a, a KYL rack at, at 750. Um, ten shots, one at each plate, big to small, and and yeah, Jennifer was there with Shooter's Mindset and was like, yeah, yeah it looks like you need a, a ten to move on, and and I was like, okay. And, okay, and, thanks, and, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure, and I got up there and and, 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 and I, it just gave me a little extra focus, and that was probably my best stage I shot all weekend, so that, that just was fun to okay. have. I like, you know, that type of thing, and, and then Finishing the way I did the final stage today, that also was probably my, my favorite stage. There were so many good ones in between. Uh, it would be hard. Also, like the 500-yard the mover on day one uh, from five rock positions, it was two shots at the 500 mover, move, two, move. Anything with a lot of movement, uh, I typically just enjoy doing that. Okay. It's fun. What, uh, what stage do you wish you could get back? All right. So when it started pouring rain yesterday, okay. we had to climb into the um, S10, that, that S10, that in, into the truck, and uh, boy, I just I didn't get in there well. I was shaking. I had a lot of horizontal movement. The rain was coming down. Couldn't see where I was missing well, and and that was kind of a bomb stage for me. But then the next one, we shot off pipes, and that also was a bomb one. So <laughs> it was back-to-back -back bombs, and uh, right when the rain came, I just did. I, I would love to have both of those back, but really wouldn't wouldn't change much because I happened to make yeah. it to day three, and we reset anyway. And and nobody was going to touch Ben. I, that's just <laughs> yeah, uh, amazing. Maybe the greatest like shooting day in in PRS that I can recall. I mean, yeah. I don't know if anyone's ever cleaned a one day i don't not that I, I know of i think i think people have cleaned a one day okay but a one day is much different than the uh, day three yeah, of, day the three of the ag cup I mean, I mean any day of the ag cup to clean would be phenomenal but to clean day three with that that's just wow i mean with the best 17 in the country yeah like i could tell yesterday i, was, I shot with him first two days and yesterday he just had a slightly different look day one he he just didn't quite seem like himself not i don't know him that that well but we've shot enough now that i can tell when when he's got something going and, and day two he just seemed to get it going that yeah. i was i was ab i was worried about him today i didn't expect this but man he's, he's just a phenomenal guy and a phenomenal shooter and he just had one of the well, <laughs> I was gonna say one of those days, but this isn't even one of those days. This yeah, is a this level is the above. Day. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Like I, I've, I've been in the community air quotes. Like I've been ROing for four years now. It's my fourth AG Cup ROing. Okay. So I've done a bunch of two days, one days. Been all over the southeast, a little bit in Texas. I've never seen anybody clean a clean a match. Yeah, like a day of a match, let alone a match. Like, yeah, I phenomenal. Mean, we, we, we had good conditions, but boy, those targets were small. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a, a three-inch on a three-fifty TYL, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, you took that shot from the prone, but still, like, yeah, that that's just crazy. 
Yeah, and I remember those KYL or the uh, K&M kind of emblems that were on the, the urban range. We had to shoot off of uh, a hood. And, I mean, it wasn't the most stable hood. And, gosh, those were some small targets. Okay. I mean, maybe a two-tenths wide at the most. And, oh, they were hard to see. That That, that is an impressive to, to come out there unscathed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it's crazy. So what uh what gear what gear were you running? What gear were you pushing around in your cart? Let's go let's go over your rifle. So what's your chassis? I got an XLR NV chassis. Okay. And um, this is uh, kind of interesting. I used a different rifle today than I did on day one and day two. Just I I kind of game planned around the finale was and I lost so much brass at the finale that I did I was unable to shoot either rifle for three straight days. Oh so wow. So it was pick one for two days and one for for day three so i but they're both almost identical they're both kelbley actions one's a prometheus one is a black bear but they're very similar actions um same barrel same caliber um six dasher um using uh actually they're not even the same bullet so that's a whole nother thing I, w <laughs> what i did is not recommended not recommended <laughs> absolutely not i was i was panicked uh, most of the time. But at least you remembered to switch the gun in your Kestrel. Yes. Yeah, did that last night, so at least I did that. Yeah. And um, and I did, yeah, the one today is going to probably be the one I'm going to use going forward. I just I felt better with it. Um, I used the Maverick, uh, the Area 419 Maverick, day one and day two. And while that's very good at, at recoil reduction, I had that, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the strike without warning muzzle brake. It's, it's called the TMB, the, the tunable, tunable muzzle, muzzle brake. Yep. Wow, that thing is just phenomenal. And, and using it today, I just I just saw better today okay. with that thing on there. Even though you're getting more blast and, and all that of the muzzle brake, uh, I, th I think I'm going to try to use that going forward, at least for the big matches that, that okay. really matter. Um but yeah, both are Hawk Hill barrels. Uh, yeah, one and seven five twist. Um, yeah, who, both twenty six. Who spun them up for you? Randy Rachel. Yep, he's yeah. We're we're both tinkerers, so we're we're dangerous together. That's <laughs> for sure. But yeah, yeah, I got with Randy a few months ago. I yeah won a gun he did at at a match last year, and and when I went and shot that, and just how awesome it was. I, I after a while, I called him up. I was like, all right, dude. I was like, let's let's like yeah, let's, let's, let's roll. Yeah, let's make it happen. And he was all excited. And um, yeah, I've been I talked to him for a while last night and everything. And he oh, seems... I've been texting him all day. Oh, okay, okay. I, I... Uh, when you were on my stage, I was able to snag a video of you, and I sent that to ah. him and told him, like in the background, I was like, Jeff's Jeff's doing good. <laughs> Jeff's doing good. I was like, I was like, seven stages in, down five. Eight uh, stages in, down five. Yeah, stages in. I was like, okay, he took third. So okay. I've been, that's I've been probably why my phone's been vibrating so much oh, in yeah. my pocket for a while. Oh, yeah. It's probably him. Call me when you can. But, so uh, I've been sending him pictures and, and, and making sure Mr. Rachel is, Yeah, is, it was it was on, it wasn't quite point. warm enough. He was like, You gonna be able to wear your jersey tomorrow? I'm like, Oh dude, it's it's, it's not be, it's it, it's not jersey weather. It's not jersey weather. I need a, a, a jersey hoodie. A yes, jersey yeah, puffy which, jacket. Which I was waiting on that, but uh Anyway, so, um, but yeah, Randy is, is just done. Well, we'll yep, go back up there work. and you can throw, grab your jersey. We'll take a picture oh, real quick a and picture? send it to him. Okay, perfect. <laughs> but um, um, 
Yeah, Lord knows what will be. He, I think, wanted to maybe try a BRA at some point, so I'm all about I'll, – I'll be doing something new next week probably. Okay. <laughs> what, uh, what trigger were you running? Okay, trigger, uh, again, let's see, day one and two, it was a trigger tech a two-stage diamond. Okay. And then today it was a CG Extreme, which I don't even know if they're in business anymore. I've had this trigger a while. It's, it's a two-stage trigger. It just – I've always liked two-stage triggers. And okay. It's – yeah. I don't. I've not run across anyone else that really even knows about it or knows that extreme shooting sports. I think was the or shooting products. I, I, I'm not quite even sure, but I tried to look them up because I wanted to get a backup one. And it's like the website doesn't even exist anymore. So oh man, yep. You went That's, and found something good, and now it ain't there no yeah, more. I have two other ones though, so okay, uh, we're probably okay. good for a while. Pull but, it. but I do love the the Trigger Tech two stage diamond as well. Okay, equally happy with that. I'm, I guess I try and use so much different stuff throughout the year that I it doesn't phase me to try something new. Try something even at new. a big match, I'm pretty comfortable just clearly trying. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna try the Matrix Pro next week. Didn't um, you run a Matrix Pro? I did. I ran that at the Masterpiece or the MPA match. The MPA fall funny, match. Funny enough, yes, yeah. yes, I did. Um, so I I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a tinkerer, but I like to try everybody's stuff. Because everybody, yeah. everybody supports this match, so I try and support everybody else. So I've got a handful of BA comps. I've got a Matrix. i got a Matrix Pro. I just got a Foundation. Um, I've got a Cert for an MDT. Like, Yeah, that new MDT Elite, that, or the ACC Elite, that's... Yeah, it's looking pretty good. I mean, there's so many good, great options that yeah. it's one of those, it's it's nice. I mean, if someone's just getting into it, oh, what chassis or stock shot? God, if you could just get to a match and get your hands on some of this stuff. So that is also why I try and have a little bit of everything is, like, through the podcast, people hit me up. Yep. And they're like, hey, what's going on? Or, hey, how do you like this? Or do you have one of these? I can be like, are you close to me? come to the range and let's just shoot it. Yeah. Like when I got my, my Gen 3 on my, my GT, I just brought it to the range and brought some rounds, and all the NRL 22 guys were like, can we shoot it? I'm like, here's bullets. Here you go. Go for it. Like So I plan on doing the same thing with the foundation, even though, I mean, down where I live, there's a lot of foundations, but like – yeah, a lot of foundations everywhere. You, they're phenomenal they're, stock. They're really, really cool. I just picked one. I, I just bought my first one um, from the Truitts for my – Centurion? Uh, yep. Yep. Centurion, and I got it all black. Oh, yeah. Those it looks are sexy. so – it's so good looking. And then uh, got that for my Voodoo, and then a buddy of mine was selling another Centurion, and I was like, yeah, I'll take it. And then couldn't, couldn't pass down a, a, a good barrel – and then I was like, okay, I need a barrel. Or I got a barrel, so now I need an action. So I bought an impact. And now I just gave it to Chad, so he's going to go spin it up for me. Okay. So, there you, well, yeah, can't go wrong there. Can't go Can't go wrong. Can't, can't so go are you wrong. getting a GT then? So I also play around with calibers. Oh, there we go. So I've got a 6.5. I've got a BR. I've got a GT. This one's going to be a dasher. Okay. And then everybody's like, well, why don't you just do a 6.5? A six creed. I was like, yes, but if I get a six creed, I might as well just buy the production Daniel Defense, um, the uh, Delta, Delta Five, Five Pro. Pro. Okay. In six creed, and that's another production gun. Yep. 
so somebody could come shoot production with me, and there it's in go. a competitive caliber. Very. Right? Absolutely. I was like, because the Daniel Defense guys, like Daniel from Daniel Defense, not the Daniel, but like yes. me and him have been going back and forth with production the last year and just having a hoot with it. So, And he ended up taking third at Nationals, so now I told him I'm coming after him. Oh, okay. So, I didn't know he did. Yeah, he did. He did really, really good with with production um, this year at nationals. I was I was able to squeak him out on the southeast finale. Yes, yeah, I knew you won the southeast one. But he came in. He came in to to, uh, to nationals really, really strong. So I was super happy to see him win. So now I've been quietly and submissively talking crap, telling them that I'm coming for him this year. Because <laughs> now I'm going to shoot at least four two day matches this year is my goal. Okay. So you'll you'll see me with a rifle in my hand and without without my tripod and my little round clicker as much. But okay, well, I'll still be around. Good, good deal. I'll, I'll, I'll try to jump in a squad with you at some heck point. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah, I can learn a thing or two. All right. <laughs> well what what are your what are your what are your closing thoughts? What do you what are we looking back on for AG Cup twenty twenty two, third place, got the cup, got the, the big old check. Are you going to Disney World? What are we doing? Like, what are your thoughts? What do you got planned for 2023? Yeah, probably just more of the same. It, it was it was such a great year all the way around. Um, that and yeah, I mean, normally I'll, I'll finish a match if eh, well, could I've done this? This is one of those that there, there's literally nothing else I could. I mean, Ben was untouchable today. Yeah, I, yeah, there's nothing else I could have done. I mean, because. So he obviously got a hundred percent, but like, what was what was your standing like percentage wise? Like, so what percent of the winners winners score? Like, I I can't. It's too far away for okay, me to yeah, see. I but like, Bim, Bim was you got one hundred two. I was not, I was six back ninety six. So yeah, probably ninety four five. Yeah, almost okay, ninety five. So ninety five percent. Which that's crazy. Like, you drop six all day. And drop you six all day. hundred yeah. percent. Crazy! Like there's literally nothing else could have been. I mean, made made more impacts, sure. But like, you made more impacts than most people at an average match. Like if this was a normal one day, you would have walked away with it. Yeah, yeah. But like when you're shooting against, I think probably everyone in the top ten would have would have won just about any match. Yeah. they shot today. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! If it was any any one day even around the top the twenty, I, yeah, I didn't look all, at all the scores as it went down there, but yeah, I mean, the, oh, yeah, yeah, the level—it's it's just so good. It's as I look down, I was like, wow, this is just so hard to. I mean, only one guy gets to win this, mm -hmm. and any one of these, I was like, I, was like, I realistically probably thought I had an eight percent chance of okay. winning. Yeah, based on just some quick math, I was like, yeah, we got seventeen guys. And, Man, it's like oh, I'm not. I got a new gun. Uh, yeah, probably eight percent chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, but you still came out and you came out here and you crushed and you dropped six shots all day. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it's hard. It's hard to be like, ah oh, man. Like if uh, yeah. I dropped six shots all day, I would lose my mind. It yeah. would be like the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm gonna sleep good tonight, and I'm already yeah, looking forward to to next year. I, I I shot so many matches. I think I shot maybe 13 two-day matches this year. That's a lot. And then the finale, AG, so maybe 15 total, like, big matches that I, I love it, um, but I just don't know if I'm going to be able to 
well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to not do it either. So. <laughs> I mean, there you go. You kind of like, get into it. Like, it's, it's so much fun and addicting, but um, – I mean, the season the season was over, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw back. And then we had like a month off, and then I was like, oh man, when's the next? When's the schedule coming out? Let's what's what's going on? I need to yeah, go to yeah, I, need, I, was, I need to go to a rifle match. Yeah, I may do a couple less one days, but but the one days are so fun, and and I, I've got kind of new people that have been hitting me up and want to kind of go shoot the one days because that's a great place to start. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll take you, I'll go with you. So. It might be hard not to not to do that too. I love new people that are passionate about getting into the sport, yep. and and it's it's so rewarding, yeah, to help out yep. new people. Like so. I like somebody from the podcast knew somebody hit me up, and then I was like, yeah, just give my info, and then we were talking, and then we went and shot a match together down at um, JTAC in South Florida, and he was hooked. Yeah, he's like, yep, already gonna gonna tweak this a little bit he's like gonna work on my loads like he's like i'm coming for you next match i was like bring it man let's <laughs> let's go absolutely because we're both production shooters so we were just you know hanging out and he was like when his gun was working right like he he was he was doing good yeah eights seven and eights on his first match couple of bad stages mag issues okay i'll give you that like hadn't really done the competitive thing but like when your stuff is tuned up right and you're getting seven and eights like that's not bad no that's not bad at all yeah yeah i mean yeah. he got an eight on a 400 yard kyl like yeah and it's crazy like solid a two three years ago a lot of that i mean now it's just amazing what these rifles and, and are just capable of doing it's just yeah it's ridiculous it, it really it's is awesome it, it, is, awesome. it is awesome Cool, but. man. Well, I appreciate your time tonight. Congratulations. Thank and you And I so know much. I'll see you at a match here in the near future. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks bud. Guy. Yep. All right. We're here with Jason Green, second place finisher at the AG Cup 2022. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing wonderful. You're Thank doing you. wonderful. Doing wonderful. So, how many AG Cups have you shot? I have shot all of them. You've shot all of them. Mm -hmm. I have participated in every one. I've RO'd every one, so there That's, we go. There we go, hey. So, favorite stage of the match? Oh, man. Out of 30, which was your favorite? That's a tough one. I don't. I can't say that there is any one that stood out to me as my favorite or my worst. Okay. Well, that was my next question. Which yeah. one do you wish you could reshoot? Uh The long range stage on day one. Okay. Were the tires? No, I, it was a, a prone stage. Okay. Starting at 700, walked it out. Or no, it was 500 to 900. Yep, that was mine. And the the fog was still kind of in the air. And I got to, I think it was the third target, which was 700 to the five, six, and seven. I dropped a shot, and I, I could tell I was missing somewhere, but I couldn't find it. Right. There was still just a little bit of haze in the air, and I just couldn't. Couldn't nail it down, so it's a five. Yep, and the berms were wet. Berms were wet, and they soaked up a lot this weekend. Yes, they did. They, yes, they did. All right, so that's just, that's the the one you want to get back, but you can't think of one that you're just like, man, that was super fun. I really like that. I cleaned that. So, I mean, you got the, some stage win checks over there. So the, those, those all that came today. Okay. So I didn't win any stages outside of today. Uh, the, pr the previous two days was really rocky for me. Okay. I was either all or nothing. 
And so, like, on day one, I've got a five. We're out the gate. It's like, hmm, all right, the same what we need to do. We need to pick it up. And then I went clean. No, no, I think I shot the next one dropped two. Then I cleaned. Then I, then I cleaned. And then I was either all or nothing. Okay. I cleaned two or three, then I get a five. I shot three fives on day one. That is tough to come back from. It really is. Um, the rock stage outside the shoot house, it was a fun stage. Um, I laid down a pretty good time, and Jeff Geary, I think he beat me by a couple tenths of a second. I've heard that has happened a few times this weekend. And that when you're at this level of competition, yeah, 100%. It, it's going to happen. Uh, the two stage wins today, I was not going for any stage wins. Right. And when I shot it, I never looked at that time and, and said, well, that's a fast time. Okay. It just worked out. Okay. So you weren't going for stage wins and won two stages. My goal for today, because, again, I had two really rocky days, my goal today was for me to shoot a winning performance. Okay. Everybody's definition of a winning performance is different. But for me, I wanted to shoot my winning performance, not okay. saying to win the match. Right. I wanted to shoot a winning performance. No mental mistakes. Okay. No goof-ups. Okay. Good, clean trigger pulls. None of those, man, I shanked that second shot off that position because my reticle is moving and I just broke it like an idiot. Right. None of that. Just shoot my game. So did you? I did. Okay. I, I managed to get through today only dropping four shots. And if you'd have told me last night coming into the day that I could have only would only drop four shots, I'd say, man, you're crazy. And if you would tell me that Ben would shoot a clean match, I'd like, no way. Yeah. But and for Jeff to drop six shots. And yeah, and, and six shots. Um, it, it's just amazing. I, I to, I've been doing this since like 2009, 2010, and it amazes me still today. Go to a match and then talk about collective of shooters, not my ability, but right. everybody here. And look, we look at these targets. Like the one that stands out to me is like the animal, big, small. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a rabbit target, 700-something. And we look at it through our optics, and we're like, man, that's like two-tenths wide or something. Rather. But if you really put that into concept, put both your hands together. We're shooting a target that's the size of probably the average person's hands side by side. And like, it just amazes me. It really amazes me the level that we have and talent we have in this sport. I also like to think that same way. Like, granted, we're super talented, but we also go to matches where, like, your gun will shoot sub-half MOA at 100. So we got guys printing .3s and .2s. Some guys are putting them in the same hole, and they go to a match and like, oh, my gun don't shoot for crap today. Be like, how how can we say that? Like we got we our gear is a thousand percent better than what we had in the year two thousand, let alone right forty, fifty, sixty years ago. The standards keep going up. Right. Uh, like again, when I started out two thousand nine, two thousand ten, arguably someone could say, "Hey, you can take an an MOA gun and win any match." Mm -hmm. Now, if you know that your gun is a uh, a three-eighths gun mm -hmm. or th a quarter MOA gun, whatever, then then you've increased your odds. As long as you do your part, you have a smaller right. window of, of possibility for bad shots, whatever, compounded with that. Just so 
I pulled that shot off the edge of the target, and that happened to be the one shot, you know, whatever. Uh, but now we're a buddy of mine who started getting into this. Uh, I actually shot with him at the Pro-Am there. We were talking about it, and he always kind of made fun of me. He's like, man, why do you want your gun to shoot so tight? Well, it's like today. Look down, and we're shooting, what was that little uh, it was 360-something KYL rack? It was three inches at 350. Yeah. We're talking a sub-MOA target. Yeah. And, like, I hit it the first time. I was like, I just hit that. I'm just as amazed as anybody. Not that I'm, I, I don't believe in my ability. It's just back to that thing of how amazing the the talent, the equipment, everything is. Like, normally when you look down range, like from an RO's perspective, and you can see the KYL rack, you can pretty much make out all of the targets. Yep. And I looked, and I was like, is there – I see the chains, but – and then I looked through my binos, and I was like, oh, boy. And we had a lot of cleans on that stage. Yep. Uh, there I, was a – I mean, I'm really excited about this Ultimate Ballistics being able to go back and look at stuff, but, mom, like, tiny targets, and people are still still going and hitting them. Oh, yeah, 100%. And that, a couple of those stages that stood out to me is like, man, that's kind of tight, the Prairie Dog stage. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking at it's a sliver of a target. And bowling the, pins? The bowling pins were, were, were pretty tough. Uh, I felt like the bowling pins were a little more forgiving okay. than, the, than the prairie dogs, just uh, without going back and, like, putting the math to the target width and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one, the first three, I think it was, today we shot on that uh, the car hood, the mm-hmm. K&M logos. Yeah. I looked at that first one and was like, that's small. Yeah, and uh, you're the second person to say that. And, and, I, and, I, and I, I honestly, I looked at it. And I said, "Okay." I looked at target one, target two. And I was like, "Man, they were tight." But I looked at target three, and they stepped it up to whatever size. And I was like, "Okay, I got more meat." So honestly, my mind went to, if I can survive target one, target two, the other three are, are get easier. Yeah, because they get a little bit larger. And it worked out. It worked. It did. It worked out. Um, what gear are you running? Just everything. Yeah. So what what uh, stock or chassis are you running? I run a foundation stock. I run an impact action, Bart line barrel, uh, Vortex Gen 3 Razor. Okay. Uh, run a uh, 6 millimeter Dasher okay. with Alpha OCD brass in it. And this weekend I was running the Maverick Suppressor. Okay. Um, bags? My go-to bag is the Armageddon Gears Medium. Okay. Trigger? Bix and Andy, tax port. Oh, man. It's something about those tax ports. Everybody keeps running them. They must be working. Um, bipod? I uh, run an MDT bipod, uh, okay. the PRS series. And then I also run the MD, I think it's MDT, the little light level thing, send it level. Okay. Yep. And that was actually just something I picked up, uh, I think it was right before the, the finale. Okay. And, and, and learn to use it. I always thought that that thing would kind of be a distraction. Because it's blinking at you yeah, and telling you your level and everything Exactly. Else. I thought, man, I'll get fixated because, you know, I'm a simple-minded fellow and I like shiny objects. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but no, it actually could be, uh, it came in really handy. Awesome. Um, and you said uh, six dasher, got that, got that, got that. And... Apparently, everybody at Armageddon Gear loves you. I, I don't know. Uh, Miss Christina, uh, 
it's just funny. Cause Joe Walls gave me the nickname Green Bean a long time ago. Okay. And so it's kind of stuck. And so, like, every time I call down there, Christina will just start laughing. She'll pick up the phone laughing. And she's like, it's Green Bean. What are you doing? And, and they're, just, they're just good people. Tom's just got that good boy, good fella. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all he surrounds himself with just good down-to-earth people. Yep. And that's one thing for me. I'm not uh, – I have sponsors. But I run a lot of the gear I run because it's the people, yep. not because of anything that they do for me or anything else. And that's like uh, on the mount. I run a Hawkins mount, and uh, it's the OTM, which is still Exodus. Joe Wall's Exodus, mm-hmm. uh, he chambers up my rifles. Uh, we just kind of looked at that today, and, and Joe's rifles had a pretty good showing here this weekend. Yes. Yeah. Joe Joe turned some some really good barrels. I've, I've, he's not let me down. I've let him down <laughs> multiple occasions, but his rifles have not let me down. Um, are you going to shoot the AG Cup next year? I or prob- the AG Series? I probably will not. Uh, just for me, like I said, I've been doing this since like 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. competing at a high level, uh, just needing to step back and focus on family right now and and to approach that for the next few years. So I'm I'm pulling back collectively. Okay. Like 100%, you still going to go out and shoot some or I hope to to make a few matches. Okay. Um, there's one match in particularly I, I hope to try to make it back to. That's the only thing that I've kind of like put on the calendar. But everything else it'll be off the cuff because I don't know exactly what direction this is going to take. Mm-hmm. And so I need I can't commit. I right. need I need my time free to so to try to plan out yep. even shooting three matches for the AG. I can't set in stone. Yeah. And then something come up and say, oh, I need to be at home to take care of things while, while, yeah. while it's going on. And so, so no, so if I get, make it to a match, it'll just be one of those things of like, hey, everything's going good. I've got a free weekend. Maybe go shoot it one day or just roll up at a two-day and just go shoot it just for fun because I love it. I mean, because, I mean, that's why we do it. Like That's it. There's P- there, PRS doesn't pay the bills. Oh, 100% no. No. Right? I could, we could win this thing a couple times and it would not come together to the amount <laughs> that I've spent over the years on shooting the sport. Yeah, we don't it's the old the old joke, you know, if if I died, don't let the wife sell my guns for what I told her I paid. We, yeah. yeah, so let's, <laughs> I've got a couple of buddies. Yeah. And I was like, "All right, sweetie, if anything happens to me, just call them." Mm-hmm. And and just have them sell off anything that you don't want and uh they'll take care of you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think I think we all need some buddies like that. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, uh, hopefully, I if you do end up at a match, and it's a match that I'm at because I enjoy seeing you. You're well, thank you. You're you're lighthearted. You're funny. You can we, we we all give each other a little bit of a hard time in a playful and in loving manner, and everybody everybody gets along with it, and it, it's a good time. That's it. And it's you know I've seen some people be kind of hard nosed. Uh, that's just not my nature. I love to joke. I love to carry on. Life's we only get one shot at this. Mm-hmm. And, and the good Lord has given me the ability to come here and to compete the way I do. And one thing for me, I want to be an example of that. Uh, and then why? Why make things more complicated than they have to make? Yep. This all be fun. If you're walking into this and you're dreading it or you've got the wrong attitude and you walk away, no. Make it fun. 
There you go. Like you said a minute ago, we're not making a living at this. <laughs> yeah. Not making a living at this. Don't take it so serious. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time, sir, and you have Thank safe you. travels, and I hope to see you again sometime. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks, brother. Thank you. All right, folks, I'm back. Day three. We're all finished up. All three days, all 300 and some odd rounds have been fired. Scores were tallied, and we are sitting here with the 2022 AG Cup champion, Mr. Ben Gossett. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing pretty doing incredible. Pretty incredible. Right Anything less <laughs> would be an understatement. Um, yep, absolutely. So what I like to do first is I like to go with the lightning round, just some warm-up questions. Mm -hmm. How do you stay mentally focused at a match? Um, this match, obviously, it's a dis different aspect mentally. Um, it's, it's really hard to not be able to be on glass. I love to be on glass before I shoot. Like, if you ever have shot a two-day match, you realize, like, you spend seven or eight hours on glass total with, like, 30 minutes, you know, combined right. shooting. So not being able to do that is a, a big disadvantage for my style personally because I like to have a really good game plan. Um, but just had to roll with the punches, and um, honestly, the gun shot so good, I kind of let it do all the work. So that that really helped my my mental okay. game. When it's just so on, it, it just helped my mental game. Um, any match superstitions? Well, I wore the same same clothes two days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. After day one, I had to change because it didn't go as okay. planned uh, for the regular two day portion. Um, day two shot really really good and I used to be so crazy like back in the day if I had a single bad stage I'd go to the car and change my hat or something now it's kind of you know I kind of moved on from that but yeah, that's kind of just being silly more than anything I, I don't think there is any real superstition it just helps you mentally just helps you yeah mentally. Yeah. yeah okay <laughs> with which mat with match superstitions um how do you go about uh prepping your gear for a match like What's your match gear prep process? Um, prepping gear is, I mean, it, it's pretty easy nowadays with all the matches that I've shot in the past. This is over, you know, somewhere between like 50 and 62 day matches. So um, I, I've really had a chance to get gear prepped. I, I like to keep it as simple as I possibly can. Um, really the most important things that um, I like to bring is, you know, Kestrel, Game Changer. Kind of kind of focus on just using one bag the entire match if I can. And, uh, yeah, like I said, just keep it as simple as I can. Okay. Person that got you into long-range shooting? Um, I, don't, I don't know if I had a real mentor per se I was always interested in it I, I started getting into it heavy in 2014 and I I guess you know I started watching P I found the PRS and you know I started watching videos and stuff so guys like Dave Preston and Shannon and you know all the OG guys you know it was really cool to watch them and kind of idolize them I think Chase Stroud he okay. was another one that you know I, I really like tried to watch them and analyze them and um you know they maybe just they were the ones that got me okay. into shooting or, or excited about shooting okay just from a distance so hobbies other than shooting 
Um, I love spending time with my family. I got two boys. One's almost three. One just turned five. Like, that's my biggest hobby. If I'm not shooting, like, I, I try to spend every minute with them. Okay. Um, but I like hunting and, um, you know, being outdoors. Okay. I enjoy that a lot. Person you want to squad with? Ooh, that's hard in this game. There's so many. There's so many. <laughs> so many. Like, I mean, this match alone, what was there, like 45 47 competitors that started the match on, on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, like, even out of those 40-something, like, there was a couple that I haven't shot with, but there's nobody that I don't like shooting with. Like, I love shooting with Oklahoma guys. They're just a they riot. Um, it, it's so fun to talk trash in a good, you know, friendly right. way. Um, all those Oklahoma and Texas and Alabama guys and Georgia guys. It, it's just I, I don't know if I've been in a bad squad since I've started shooting almost, you know, eight or nine years ago. Okay. So I, I enjoy everybody's company. What match do you want to attend that you haven't? Ooh, that I haven't. I keep getting told um, Kansas, where they're holding the finale next year, is uh, is going to be a hard one to miss. Mm -hmm. Like, they put on a really good event. Um, Ken and Missy Wheeler, um, I've never been able to get to the Wisconsin Barrel okay. Maker. That, that would uh, always definitely be on top of my list, right. too. Right, okay. Here they host a really good event. Yes, I, I've heard nothing it, but good things. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to go to Clay's match early in March as well. I, I've heard I a lot really of I really want to get to that, that one, but I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. Um, yeah. Which is a bummer because I heard that's a really good mm -hmm. a really good event. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So let's go over some of the gear that you're running. Mm -hmm. So yep. MPA chassis. MPA is, chassis. Is it M the BA comp or the ESR? I still shoot a BA comp. I got one of those. Um, it's got to be five years okay. now. And I, I've tried other things, other even MPA uh, chassis and, you know, manners and foundation. I always find myself coming back okay. to that BA comp. Yeah. Is it mm -hmm. the familiarity? Is it the comfort? I or? think so. Yeah, I think it's just comfortable okay. for me. Uh, trigger? Trigger tech, okay. trigger, diamond. Okay, two stage, mm -hmm. single stage? Single stage. Single stage. stage. Um, Barrels? Uh, barrels, I kind of I like a couple different brands. Uh, I use a lot of Bart Lines and Proofs more than okay. anything. But any of the good quality barrels, I don't really see too much of a difference. So I'm, I'm not partial exactly to one over okay. the other. Um, this match I shot a Bart Line. Okay. This match was a Bart Line. Um, what caliber are you shooting? Six, Six Dasher. Dasher. Okay. Yep. Uh, brakes? Uh, APA, APA brakes, brakes. Yep. Uh, glass, tangent, tangent bags, Armageddon, yep. Armageddon. Now I do have mm -hmm. to ask you this question: Why a Harris? It's just, it's just simple. Like like we were talking mm -hmm. about earlier, it just simplifies the okay. gear. Um, I I have literally used that bipod, yeah, 50 matches, and it hasn't let me okay. down yet, and I'm just familiar with it. Um, another thing too, like if I need to deploy or collapse it's it's very very Correct. fast just having that spring versus a button a button or having yeah. to pull it out and then twist or anything else like that yep. okay 
and the legs deploy real quick okay. too. So um, it's just a just a good reliable glide pump. Okay. What action are you running? Impact action. Okay. Mm -hmm. So impact for the win again. Um, They've won a couple matches. Just a before. few, from what I hear. Um, mm -hmm. You being a gunsmith, you're turning your own barrels. <coughs> I'm turning okay. my own. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been doing the gunsmith gunsmith thing? Um, I went to school in 2016 for gunsmithing and have been turning okay. since then. So, so you got yeah quite a few years. You've now. turned one yeah. or two. A couple. And couple your barrels have yeah. have. I mean, they're winners clearly. I've won some matches with yeah. my barrels. Yeah, I I feel like put out some good barrels. So I've been really fortunate to kind of start off successful and haven't had too much of a learning curve that I've had to tweak, tweak over, over the years. years. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I've watched you shoot from the RO perspective quite a few times. And there's one thing that I've noticed is you get into position fast and you get it out of position fast. Mm -hmm. But that bolt forward and roll down is possibly the slowest that I've seen in the PRS. Is that just a making sure like your crosshairs or you know your two tenths, one tenth or whatever is on the target and you're just rolling it forward so you don't disturb your sight picture or like what's your what's your thought process when you're doing that? It, it is. It's a lot of disturbance of the, the sight okay. picture. I, I think that's first and foremost. Also, just as a safety aspect, I've seen too many guys, you know, run the bolt super quick and torch one off mm -hmm. on accident. I don't want any part of that. Um, also, I just like, yeah, like you said, I get in position super quick, but taking time to run that bolt, I think there could be a potential if you go to run the bolt and it gets kinked up or something, you could maybe bend that bullet or something like that. So I don't want to deal with any sort of accuracy issues by, you know, having any sort of malfunction. Okay. Okay. Um, what was your favorite stage of the match? If you look back over the last 30 stages. Ooh, that's tough. Um, I really enjoyed the TYLs this match. Um, we shot a lot over we, the three days. Like, a lot. I, I cleaned every single TYL target. That's crazy. I, I really enjoyed those. We shot a lot of MOA or sub-MOA targets, and... Uh, yeah, the gun did a lot of the work. Um, it, it just shot. It just shot okay. so good. Um, I, I liked all So those. your favorite Sage had to do something with the TYL? Yeah, I really enjoyed getting prone or modified prone at this okay. match. It was kind of cold, so, I mean, for me, shooting positional at a cold match is not as familiar. I live in southeast, so I'm shooting mostly in 90 degree right. weather so I, i'm kind of used pants to that. and a t-shirt so. maybe a long sleeve exactly. not a puffy jacket yep. with base layers mm -hmm. and everything else um yep. what stage do you wish you could get back there's probably none of them today and we'll talk about that but over the last two days what's the stage that you're you dropped four and you wish you could get back or so you could have cleaned but didn't and you want it back you want another go at it so I had I had a couple stages that I could I would be okay if I got back. Day one, we started off on one of the hardest stages of the entire match. It was the long range tire stage mm -hmm. with very hard targets with very hazy yes. conditions. 
I don't necessarily wish I could have got that back. I just wish it could have went a little bit smoother. I wish I could have saw a little bit more. The stage that bothered me the worst was the shoot house. I think it was like four stages in for our squad. It was a 12-round stage, and it just didn't make sense. I was miss I missed, uh, I think, five out of 12, which I felt like worst-case scenario, you might miss two. Okay. Um, I just it didn't feel right missing those, and I wish I could have. Okay, and that was day two or day one. It, it was so day it was one. down on the twelve hundred. Yeah. Okay, it was. Yeah, yep. that wasn't one of mine. I, I I wasn't in a shoot house at all this weekend. My my ears thank me for it. But yes, um, yeah, I'll have to go back through my matchbook and 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 take a look mm -hmm. at that. Um, how did you stay focused today? And I'll I'll, I'll preface this with. You didn't drop a shot today at mm -hmm. all. And there was 102 rounds, and you had a 102 impacts. Mm -hmm. How did you stay? How did that? How did you not let that affect you? Because I would have been in my head. I would have been freaking out. There were times where I had a minor little freak okay. out. I mean, I've shot so many matches. I kind of let the experience, you know, kind of take over. Um, I'm pretty religious. I don't really let it show, you know, too much. I just keep it close to my heart. But I trusted in God, and He delivered for me. Um, I just, I just had to rely on Him, and He just allowed me to clean the course of fire, which truly I, I did not think it was possible. Well, neither did Shannon or Tom, because <laughs> mm -hmm. um, they told Scouting this morning. Because he asked the question and it's going to come up, like there's, they were like, it's not going to get cleaned, and then mm -hmm. here walks in Ben Gossett and mm -hmm. like history being made, the fourth AG Cup, like it's an, a, a a major event in the and per, precision rifle arena mm -hmm. of the sport of the shooting sports, and here you are on day three. And you clean it. How many how many rounds did you drop for the weekend? So I had a pretty rough day on day one. Like I said, um, I dropped most of my shots early on within the first five or six. After that, I shot really solid the rest of the match. So I, I probably had 20, 25 stages that were pretty good in a row. Yep. Yeah, so... Dropping no shots on day three, dropping the majority of them the morning of day one, and then just burning it down on day two. What did you come in today? What place did you come in? Like what day? What place did you finish yesterday? Like so, I had a I had a really good comeback. I was in 19th place after day one, um, and I, I just really grinded it out day two, and I worked my way back uh, three points off the leader. So I finished uh, the two day match in second place. Wow. From 19th to 2nd. Mm -hmm. That is incredible. Mm -hmm. um, and then you, I mean, today restarted the match, mm -hmm. and you didn't drop a single shot. So mm -hmm. there was no shoot-offs. There was no ties and go to tiebreakers or anything else like that. You just, mm -hmm. you did it. I mean, they, they've been saying it multiple times. Um, you've got multiple Golden Bullet winners. Mm -hmm. You've got the world champion you've got former ag cup winners here mm -hmm. and you beat everybody by large percentages yeah and, and i don't 
I, I don't think about that too much. Just the the competitors that we shoot against, you know, we battle it back out years and years. Um, you know, match after match, not everybody wins the same match. It, it kind of mm -hmm. goes back and forth. So um, at, at a point, you just don't worry about other competitors. You just got to okay. get in your own head and shoot your own game. And, you know, it, if you're able to clean the course of fire, try and take full advantage of it. Um, and not even the course of fire, just stage by stage, shot by shot. Um, it's all just short-term goals mm -hmm. and, and following the process. Five-meter targets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there a stage today that had you worried about cleaning it? Yes, yes. I, there was a couple stages today that were pretty intimidating to me. Um, the third stage of the match out of the deer blind was okay. I knew it was going to be potentially a nightmare. Um, okay. I was the first one to shoot on that stage, and I had clean steel, and I, I really think that helped me just to, you know, get a first first round hit on that. There's a 487 yard rack, and then back and forth to 1061 target. Um, pretty small target at 1061. I got a good solid hit, and I was like, let's just run it. Got a really good position and just very fortunate everything lined up on that one okay that, that was probably the most nerve-wracking um another one too um the, i mean the very last stage of the match i i thought there was a little bit higher probability of dropping one on some wobbly tires yeah those um, those first two tires looked a little on the wobbly side they were uh i went i went bipod and rear bag on the first one and I saw everything real good, saw Trace, saw exactly where I hit on target, so I kind of used that information going into the second most wobbly prop probably of the entire match. Yeah. Um, luckily, I got a hit there, and I, I kind of felt like it was smooth sailing after that. Okay. Yeah, because so, yeah. you had one more tire, and then everything else was concrete. Yeah, and I, I – no, I guess I didn't go bipod on that third tire. I think I just did bag, but it was, it was a lot more solid. Okay. Yeah, you had a lot more surface area that you could – rely on right mm -hmm. what do you think now that the match is over and we can talk about win calls what do you think the average win hold for you was throughout the day I'm trying to think back now i don't think i got off of a edge really the entire match okay um, there was a little bit of switchiness not not really too much um i would say the average win call was one to two tenths right or left depending on you know the time of day and right. the angle yeah yep it was it wasn't much wind so that kind of helped allow me to to clean to clean the course of fire yeah i mean i mean that's why canem has small targets yes because mm -hmm. there's not a ton of wind here yep but i mean tiny targets are still tiny targets they're they're hard to hit in absolutely no wind conditions we had a little bit of wind and I, i'm just I'm kind of shocked, seriously. So you going to Disney World now? <laughs> we might have to, yeah. <laughs> I might have to. I mean, you're going to get a belt. You're going to get a huge mm -hmm. trophy, nope. a couple more giant checks for stage wins, an mm -hmm. overall win. I mean, yep. pretty solid weekend. It was solid. I, Like I said, I, I got to give the glory to God and just thank him for allowing me to compete at this level. Yep. I, feel like, I feel like that was – me competing 
to my potential, and not many people can say that they can can do that, myself included. Um, like that, it, it can't get better than, than what happened today on day three. Yeah. It um, can't get better for me. I, I, I don't know if I'll see another clean match. I mean, because they're so few and far between because there's so many variables and so mm-hmm. many little minute things mm-hmm. down that go like way back to like when you loaded your ammo like mm-hmm. if something was you know you're loading 30 grains and it was like 30.2 grains yeah like mm-hmm. something crazy like that can cause just that little amount yep. of variance in speed on a super tiny target mm-hmm. like the what the three inch at 350 on that KYL, I was, I was a little bit nervous TYL. on those too. Yeah, that that single, the the fifth target, it was uncomfortable to aim at. Uh, <laughs> another one too, um, on the car hood. Okay. The first target, it was small, like it, it looked different through the spotter. But when I got up there on the hood in position, looking through my scope about to shoot, I was a little bit nervous shooting at that okay. that target. Honestly, what do you, what do you use for a spotter? Uh, I'm using a Hensel spotter. Okay. So it's absolutely top of the line glass. Um, does it have a reticle? It does. Okay. Yep. It's got a Horus. I think it's a H32. Okay. H32. Yep. So, so you're measuring things out and. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, it's it helps a lot. Okay. It helps with game plan, I think. Okay. Yeah, man. Well, congratulations. Dude. Thank you. It's. It's awesome. I I know, like, I already have been getting hit up about, dude, that was crazy. Because people are watching it live through the event and everything like that. So, I really, it it hadn't set in yet. Like, I I can't process this yet. I think it will take a little bit of time. Um, Yeah. It just, man, it really set in kind of after that last shot. Like, emotions kind of really started coming out, you know? I I mean, everybody sat there, and the other squad waited Mm -hmm. to watch you shoot Mm -hmm. to burn it down. And then an uproar, and, Mm -hmm. I mean, just like last year with the Mm shoot-off. Like, as soon as he punched that target, like, as soon as you hit that last shot Mm -hmm. and, and Clay called impact, an eruption of of awesomeness happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Ken Wheeler tried to give you back your 102nd mm-hmm. shot of the day. You signed it and gave it back to him. <laughs> Just yeah, it, it's it's awesome. It's 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 cool to be here and just witness this because there's only maybe 50 people here mm-hmm. that actually got to see you like literally set history in more than one way mm-hmm. like being the ag cup champ but also like burning it down on probably the cor- the hardest course of fire in mm-hmm. the country yeah pretty cool man thank you pretty cool thank awesome you. well i'll let you get back to socializing because everybody's going to want to talk to you <laughs> thanks buddy <laughs> awesome